quick production note before we get started today. If you notice that the audio quality is a little varied, uh, that's because I actually talked to this guest while he was walking to his next interview appointment. Um, so we're really glad we could have him on. And if anything, I think that just goes to show how hard he's working for this cause. Um, I've been raising money since, uh, it's so funny every time I say it because, you know, they work for the richest man in the world, the richest yeah. company in the world. But uh, these employees haven't been paid in two months. Welcome to the Community Power Podcast. This is Ace, and our guest today is someone you probably know of. He stood up to the powers that be who were endangering the lives of himself and his colleagues. He put himself on the line to do his job, which was to supervise and make decisions for his group of workers, and was subsequently fired for it. He was then the victim of a racist smear campaign. Now, he's freed up from the chains of corporate interests and focusing on activism. Of course, I was talking about Amazon, but more importantly, we're talking about Chris Smalls. So Chris, welcome to the community. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. what's up. I want to I can't wait to come visit out there. <laughs> oh man, our, the border's closed now, but... <laughs> yeah, I know. A bunch of our infections actually came from New York, so... Uh... <laughs> right, I know. So they're like, yeah, it'll be quite a while, but um, I've done um, some interviews out there uh, Toronto and, you know, Quebec and Montreal. So yeah, yeah. I love, love to connect with people out there. For sure. Well, we're the epicenter of Canada right now, so you might want to wait a while. Right, right. Well, thanks so much for doing the pod, man. It's awesome to have you. Absolutely. Um, so I'll just get into it. So I guess first thing, like, how's your lockdown going in general? Well, it's been tough, you know, um, you know what I'm going through is uh, it's quite different from um, the average person, but uh, you know I'm continuing to organize and and continue to fight for the voiceless, uh, the people that I'm standing up for uh, at my former employ employment. So you know I'm taking it one day at a time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and you and your family are all good. Yeah, my family's good. Uh, kids is good and. Uh, my immediate family, mom and brothers and grandmothers, everybody's good for right now. Good, good. Um, it seems like New York's doing a little better these days. The curve's going down. Well, yeah, that's because everybody was home and nobody got tested. <laughs> so, you know, according yeah. to them, according to them, we'll see. You know, only time is going to tell. Mm -hmm. Plus, with all the, like, people wanting to reopen, it's it's really hard to say. Right. So... I wonder if we can just jump into your story. Um, I know you've been telling it for a while, um, but for folks who don't know, um, and maybe just start, like, how were the working conditions before COVID? Because we've heard a lot of reports of bad working conditions at Amazon way before this. Um, yeah, the working conditions before, before it, um, well, it's a production warehouse. As I used to tell my employees, former employees, new hires, um, if you have a gym membership, you might want to cancel it because these buildings that we work at, uh, you're talking about 900,000 square feet, 14 NFL football fields. So um, uh, you do quite a, uh, you do a, quite a, a lot of uh, walking around and, um, you know, mileage on your legs and wear and tear. So I always used to tell people you got to be physically prepared and mentally prepared to work there. So um, for the most part, that's what people, that's what people, uh, you know, had to do. It's either sink or swim working there. And um, 
you know, I stayed there since 2015 and I had to adapt. So, you know, just, uh, that's just basically how the working conditions were. They were just physical, more physical than mental. And, um, you know. Yeah. And um, how did things change once the virus started hitting? People around me were getting sick uh, daily. One by one, domino effect. I saw some of my colleagues with flu-like symptoms. Um, some of them were fatigued. Some of them were dizzy uh, working at their workstations. I had to send uh, multiple employees to uh, the local and care department within our warehouse. Um, and then some were even vomiting at their workstations, which was Jeez. Uh, definitely high alarm, alarming for me because, uh, you know, I had to see that and I had to make a decision. And um, it, it, it was tough to be in that position. And I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't up for that. You know, I, I see, the, see these employees as my extended family. Spending yeah. 40, 50, 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week with them. Um, there's no way I could have sat back and watched people continually uh, get sick. And you were assistant manager, is that right? Yeah, business title is a process assistant. Um, but that's uh, for people that don't know what a process assistant is. You could say that's an assistant manager. So did you feel personally responsible for the workers around you? Absolutely. Um, I, I, like I just said, I spent so many hours with these people. Um, they're, they were like my extended family, you know, yeah. there was a strong bond between us. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't see it any other way. You know, as a supervisor, um, your job is to make sure everybody's safe at all times. And uh, whether that's off the clock or on the clock, you know, whether I've seen them outside of the building or inside the building, I want people to go home to their families the way they came. And I always used to preach that. Yeah. And people should be able to do that with their job at the very least. Right, you know, nobody should go to work and catch a deadly virus. You yeah. Know, that's how I looked at it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, back to your story. So you started seeing people getting sick and then what happened? Um, I raised concerns to my HR department. Um, I told them that um, there's something wrong here. And one of my suggestions was to close down the building for a minimum of two weeks. 14-day incubation period um, to separate everybody. And they, they looked at me and they basically say, you know, well, we don't have any confirmed cases at the time. Uh, um, and there's nothing we could do. We're following safety guidelines. That's according to them. And I was like, well, it's not working. So, you know, I would look, was looking for options for, for me to uh, take off of work because I had to start uh, homeschooling at that time, but um, I actually made a decision not to be around my children because uh, I've been around a lot of people that were sick. So it, it was tough, but um, you know, I had to uh, take time off of work. Um, when I did that, I was fighting behind the scenes, sending mm. out emails, sending out emails to the uh, the health department, the CDC department, um, the governor's office, the mayor's office. I did everything I could in my power to try to get the building closed down and, and sanitized and get those people out of there, but um, it didn't work. So I had to continue to take further action. Yeah. So at some point that led to the walkout. Right. So uh, I, after taking some time off, I returned back to work on March 24th. 
um, when I returned back to work, uh, my colleague was sick. She was a supervisor as well. And um, it was 9 o'clock that morning. Her eyes were bloodshot red. She was fatigued. She told me out of her own mouth that she was sick. And I said, you need to go home. You know, her being my friend, she listened to me because uh, she turned out to be positive. But at the time, we didn't have her results yet. But she'd been there for multiple days in a row, um, around hundreds of people in our department. And, um, yeah, so that was a definitely alarming that, you know, she was there, sick. And uh, so two hours later, that same day on March 24th, we had our manager's meeting, something we do every day. And that's when we learned about um, our first COVID case, a positive case that happened on March 11th. And the associate wasn't in the building for a number of days, so they decided to keep business as usual. And they told us, like, not to tell the employees. We don't want to cause a panic. Jeez. So that was my last day, you know, working for the company. I decided to leave uh, with the colleague that I ride to work with and continue to fight now. Uh, now, I was like, uh, how can I get this out there? Because this is... Um, this is definitely inhumane. You yeah. know, people are sick, um, and they're telling—they're not telling their employees. That was very alarming for me. So I decided to uh, once again come back and be a voice um, yeah. for the people. I came back to the building every day that week, sat in the cafeteria for eight hours a day, off the clock on my own free will, uh, telling the employees the truth, telling them that they possibly been exposed to somebody who tested positive. Jeez. So um, I did that. When I did that entire week, the last day of the week, March 28th, was the day they quarantined me. Only me, nobody else. They didn't quarantine none of my employees that were exposed to my colleague who ended up testing positive. They didn't, they didn't even quarantine the person that I ride to work with every single day. Wow. So, so, that, so that told me right there that they had put a target on me to silence me, to stop mm-hmm. me from doing, uh, being a voice for the yeah. people. So, um... March 28th, I got quarantined and I felt defeated, but I didn't give up. Um, that's when I went home, sat in my room, and started to think of another plan. And that's how I uh, came up with the idea of uh, holding a walkout. I somehow, some way, got a got a hold of the media, got an article published, and now the media was contacting me, and I had to tell them like, "Hey, look, yeah, it's going to be a walkout that Monday, March 30th." Um, come to the building. And um, that's exactly what happened. I was able to uh, conjure the, the media, uh, get a team together behind the scenes, like a secret Mission Impossible uh, group that was in the building over the weekend. They were passing out notes, putting them in the bathrooms and the restroom. Um, and that Monday, we had that walkout. Two hours later, I was terminated. Wow. Over the yeah. Yeah, over the phone, too. Yeah, and then it came out that there was a smear campaign going on, huh? Yeah, yeah. Like, how did it feel to see those comments? Like, I, I got the quote, they called you not smart or articulate? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, for once, you know, I felt like it. Well, now we know who they, who these people are. We know who Jeff Bezos is. We know what type of people you have around him. Uh, we know what they talk about. And we know how they feel about their employees. We know how they feel about uh, me and minorities, because uh, that's that uh, statement right there resonates in um, 
black and brown communities. Of and, um, you know, uh, that's how we took it. And um, it's never going to be Amazon versus Chris Smalls. It's always going to be Amazon versus the people. So they have to answer to all of us. And I always said that day one. It was never about me. Yeah. But so. you've done good work giving a voice to, you know, at least the people in in your area in Amazon, but also like it's kind of creating a movement now in the U.S., huh? Yeah, you know, after me, uh, there was a, a number of walkouts and um, people speaking up and voicing their concerns. Um, unfortunately, some people lost their job as well. Um, the company continues to retaliate against people that speak up. Um, and But I think now it's more on a high alert with the, the company as far as doing that. But we mm. just need uh, to continue to mobilize because people are still getting sick. And uh, as of this week, we still lost two more people that died that work for the company. So yeah, uh, change still need to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I saw today there was there was one announced like five hours ago. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. sad situation. For sure, and it's especially frustrating, like because you guys started this just asking for PPE and time off, right? Yes. Like it wasn't anything yep. unreasonable. You just wanted, wanted to be treated like wanted, humans. Not only that, not just the PPE and the time off, we wanted the building to be closed down that had cases in them because, uh, you know, we don't know where to, how long the person had it. We don't know where it came from. And we don't know how many cases we're dealing with. You could be working next to somebody in the building to have mm -hmm. a, you know, that's positive. So the only way you can stop the spread of the virus is you separate the people. Mm -hmm. uh, all the buildings that's operating with cases in them need to be shut down. And we still want that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I saw now you're raising money for some of the struggling workers. Yes. Uh, with my GoFundMe, um, I've been raising money since. Uh, it's so funny every time I say it because, you know, they work for the richest man in the world, the richest yeah. company in the world. But uh, these employees haven't been paid in two months, over two months now. And um, I've been raising money. I already paid out. I already paid. Paid out about twelve thousand dollars to associates from JFK, wow. and um, I'm just continuing to raise money for people in need that reach out to me that that's going through something that's working with the company. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just trying to help them out and support them. For sure, yeah. I, so Bezos is on track to be a trillionaire, and he can't fucking pay people like just above minimum wage. <laughs> well, that's how you become one. It's called greed. You know, yeah. you, you, you don't become that rich unless you have to cut corners and, and um, you know, do wrongful things to people underneath you. And um, that's exactly what's going on now. And for him to benefit the most during the pandemic, um, that's that's clear as day. You know, we all know what's going on, but yet people continue to support um, his operation. Yeah, um, that's. That's just a shame that we, you know, that we continue to do that when it's not a necessity. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's something that I've kind of found myself is, like, especially since your walkout, but during the, the lockdown, like, we don't need as much stuff as there is available to us that we might buy regularly. You know what I mean? Like, there's no reason mm -hmm. for me to need next day Amazon shipping. Yeah, and, and, and people got to remember, Amazon wasn't always around. Um, <laughs> You know, like as far as the delivery for groceries, you know, 
We could go back just 10 years ago. We wasn't doing this. But people mm -hmm. seem to forgot that because it's such a luxury for everybody to hit one click buy and have a package delivered um, yeah. that they just they just forgot that they don't need it. They just feel like it's uh it's not a problem because they don't understand the process and how many people they're putting at risk. Yeah. And this is something that, you know, I've been thinking about a lot and trying to kind of work at a community level to see what we can do kind of on the ground in our own neighborhoods for each other um, to stop supporting these corporations, you know? Um, Absolutely. We are part of the community. And... Um, if we are not protected and we come home to the communities, then uh, we're not essential. Yeah. And I wonder your take, like, do you think that we can do something like Amazon ethically? Or do you think it's time to kind of go back and just look at our local businesses and our, you know, sharing between each other? Yeah. Go, go to your, support your mom, your mom and pop shops and, and your local grocery store. Um, you can still go to them with no problem. Those are, those are the, the companies I would support because companies like Amazon uh, take over and put them out of business. Um, so support them. They're the ones that's a part of your community, um, not Amazon. The billionaires, <laughs> the CEOs, the one percenters. Um, we are. We are part of the community. We mm -hmm. live in the community. These yeah. billionaires and CEOs, they live in their big mansions somewhere protected and safe they're not worried about their health we are and they don't care about us they don't it's, care all we are is a number and replaceable to them it's criminal it's like it's completely soulless the way that they're handling this absolutely just back to the work that you're doing you're launching the congress of essential workers yes yeah you want you want to tell people a bit about that yeah, TCOEW, the Congress of Essential Workers, going to be a nationwide organization, um, hopefully to organize the workforce of Amazon employees first, and not just Amazon employees, but uh, every employee that's essential, uh, frontliners, first responders. Um, we want to make sure that uh, these corporations, these companies know that uh, we all stand together in solidarity, and we're going to demand that we get protected with the right pay and uh, benefits and make sure that we have to never go through something like this ever again. And that's um, that's a lot of these big chain stores, right? Like Walmart, Target. Yes, absolutely. Anybody, FedEx, uh, delivery services, um, Instacart, anybody that's essential, any first responders, uh, even the MTA, the transit workers. We want everybody to join forces, form this alliance to try to. Uh, against the power. Uh, we are the power and we need to make sure that people understand that. So our job is to try to uh, fight that. And uh, I think that with this organization being nationwide, um, the large workforce that Amazon has, I think we have a good chance. So uh, yeah. I'm launching that in a couple of weeks. Um, the goal is to try to have a rank and file committee controlled by the employees, something employee driven on a democracy where they can have transparency and negotiations with the type of contracts that we're going to ask for. Right. And having it driven by the workers, like, you know, whether that ends up being a union somewhere or not, like that is the essential kind of backbone of the whole mission, right, is to have it worker empowered. Yes. It's still in the, in the works right now. So um, 
you know, we 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 accepting support from uh from all over. And um, I do have some organizations that's uh already on board 100 percent and i'm looking for more and looking for uh more guidance and you know more knowledge about uh running a, a non-profit organization and um you know hopefully next with the next couple of weeks um i'll be able to do so yeah uh it's you know this virus has been awful and the government's handling is atrocious but it feels in some ways like a huge opportunity to make the society we want. Right. Absolutely. Uh, this virus exposed a lot. It exposed uh, a lot about this country. It exposed a lot about these companies. It exposed uh, a lot about uh, the working class people. Uh, the opportunity is here for us to make change. And I believe uh, this the time is now. And I think that's what, what we're going to do. We're going to change yeah. some things for the future, uh, future generations to come, hopefully. Yeah, well, you're doing it already. <laughs> like, seeing this kind of backlash, like, it's so necessary if we want to ever see change. Yes, absolutely, agree. Yeah. Um, what would your message be to the working class under capitalism right now? Well, for the working class people that still have to get up and go to work, I just hope that, you know, I pray that they're safe. Um, you know, I don't want anybody to lose their job, especially in the middle of a pandemic. It's a scary time to lose a job. Um, but we also got to stand together in solidarity right now. Um, it doesn't matter what industry you work for. We're all in the same boat. Um, for those who have to get up and go to work and put their life on the line for this virus so that the country can still run somewhat. Um, we just want to make sure that everybody's protected. Um, everybody's taken care of. So uh, just stand together. Put everything that you... You have to uh, represent a side because at the end of the day, we're all people. And um, this is about humanity. So, um, you know, this is the time for people to stand together. For sure. I think to some extent we're starting to feel, at least for me, I'm feeling that kind of natural empathy again that, that I think we can lose when we're so caught up in our work and our day-to-day, -day, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so how can folks join the fight with you? Well, when the time comes, we would love to have uh, people's support by um, the organization that I'm partnering with, uh, People Power Movement. They're going to start uh, a, a donation fund for uh, employees like myself that has been terminated that need some relief. So a nationwide national relief fund they could donate to to support workers that strike. Um, also, in the meantime, as a consumer, you could boycott the companies that don't take care of their employees. Um, that's always a good option. And then... Uh, uh, support me whenever I'm mobilized in walkouts um, nationwide or if it's international, hopefully one day, and expand to that type. Uh, when we're on the picket lines, come join us. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a whole lot of other questions. It's just great to see the work you're doing, man, and great to catch up with you. And, like, please keep up the fight. Everyone's paying attention, and, and there's solidarity everywhere. Absolutely. Will do all right. So, <laughs> for sure, how can uh, how can people get in touch with you? Like, what's your contact information that you share publicly? Yes, uh, on Twitter, shut underscore down Amazon. Once again, on Twitter, shut underscore down Amazon. Um, you can email the email me. My email should be up there. Uh, also on Instagram, uh, Chris dot Smalls underscore. 
And uh, my contact information is on there as well. So I'm looking forward to hear from anybody. I'm very accessible. Yeah. Yeah, it was great for... No, it was great. I wasn't expecting to get you on. (laughs) And then you got back to me right away. So thanks for that. Absolutely. Uh, All right. So I just want to say, like, thank you so much for your efforts, Chris. Thank you for being so vocal, for taking a stand. It's really inspiring. And I think we're going to build much better communities from here on out. Absolutely. I agree. We will. Thanks, man. No problem. Take care. Have a good one. You too. You too. That was Chris Smalls. Please do check out what he's doing, because with the right backing, he and other workers like yourselves can help carve out the future and the economy you want and need. If you're located in Canada like I am, please check out the broader initiative we've got going on. There's a new Facebook page up called the Community Power Initiative, and we're looking for ways to make our community sustainable. So far, we've got the Garden Share Project launched in the Montreal area, And we hope we can do even more to empower locals to provide for one another so that the so-called new normal doesn't mean bigger paychecks for the likes of Bezos, the Waltons, or the Irvings. Thanks again for tuning in and for being part of our community.